0: Join the show by calling into 435 752
1: 1069 or text 435 339 0321. It's the Full Court
0: Press. What's going
3: on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. Joining us on a Monday, it's game week. It's here. It's officially time. That's exciting. It is time for
1: football. Time for college football.
3: We, we've we've had a few weeks of high school football, and now we get Utah State. Uh, it's a very interesting week of football. We've got a Thursday night doubleheader on Merlin Olsen Field for high school football. Uh, we've got a couple other teams playing on Friday. A team that's playing a little bit later on Friday. confirmed that one of those teams is later than the others. And then we have Utah State football, 2 o'clock uh, with their home and season opener. And uh, coach and players met with the media today. We'll hear from them as we recap fall camp and start to turn our attention toward UConn. Uh, we're going to recap the weekend that was for high school football. Uh, interesting weekend in Region 11. And um, we, we got some giveaways we're going to do today here on the show. <laughs> We've got tickets to the Rocky Mountain kickoff that we're going to give away. We've got the old grist Mill bread and butter play of the game <laughs> from the Skyview game. Uh, we'll call that out uh, a little bit later on in the show. If you get it right, you get you know chance to win some free bread. It's always good. Free bread. Free bread. Yay. So a lot to get through today. Uh, of course, Utah State also, if you if you didn't see it on social media revealed their new uniforms for this upcoming season, at least their road unis. And they're, they're got a throwback feel to it, to uh, a very successful era of Utah state football.
1: Yeah, they looked pretty good. I mean, for me, I hadn't noticed it. Uh, hadn't spent a lot of time on Twitter until about a couple hours ago. Uh, and so when you mentioned the uniforms had come out, I was like, Oh, Why? Because like the uniforms they, they've had have been pretty good. I like the uniforms. But obviously, uh, when I saw the new ones they're putting I was like, yeah, I like those. Those are good. I'm okay with this. Yeah, they look like the Merlin Olsen era. Uh, the, it's a white
3: jersey, so it's going to be a whiteout on Saturday. So they're wearing their road jerseys on Saturday. But uh, white jersey with the, the two stripes on the shoulder pads coming down on the, across the front. Uh, very reminiscent of those uh, teams in the uh, 60s that had a very successful run for Utah State. So
1: The hubris uh, is like strong it. with this team right <laughs> now. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to bite them in the butt.
3: Well, uh, yes. In fact, uh, Coach Anderson, that is, we'll, we'll jump to that, actually. Uh, he had some comments to say uh, about the new uniforms. In fact, it was the opening question. It was on so many people's minds at the presser today. Uh, it was the opening question to get things started. Uh, and here's what uh, Coach Anderson had to say, not just about these uniforms, but there may be other new looks in the future.
2: We want to change all of our uniforms out. It's 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 impossible to do them all at once. It's just way too costly um, and extremely expensive. And so this was a year that we wanted to change our road, road uniforms. And in looking at possibilities of patterns and jersey designs, uh, just kind of a throwback to uh, the and Olsen days with the shoulder stripes and, and pant stripes just kind of kept coming up. And as we talked to Nike, they had a they had an example that, that we thought was really, really clean, classy, uh, and, and would look good in a ton of different uh, combinations. So that's what we went with. I think it came out really, really well. Guys are going to like it, and eventually we'll have We'll have, uh, you know, a blue uh, to go with it. But, uh, you know, the whites and staying here and playing at home in an all-white environment is pretty cool to start with a new uniform.
3: There you go. They want to change
1: a lot of stuff out on the unis.
2: Yeah, it sounds like over the next few years we'll probably get one new uniform
1: a year. Maybe they'll they'll probably do blues next year, maybe the year after that. Budget, obviously, a concern for Utah State. Only about thirty to $35 million a year, which, you know, not much room for uniforms. <laughs> I, I kid, because a lot of that actually that's, goes somewhere. Yeah, they usually only come out with about ten thousand dollars, and uh, you know, in the in the black, they usually don't have a lot of money left over. No, after they spend it all,
3: right, very very thin. Uh, but so that's kind of a big announcement today uh, for Utah State. They also released the depth chart, um, and uh, of course, before I go any further, I always need to remind people if you want to weigh in. On any of the topics today, questions about what was said from the coach or the players, you can always weigh in on our full court press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you have to check out the new unis, take a look at them. I think they look good. Uh, I'm excited for the the new look. It's not drastically different, but it's a little tweak.
1: It's hard to drastically change all-white uniforms. There's only so much that you can do. Yeah, true. I mean, the change is it's a three-stripe. You can call it a two-stripe since the middle stripe is white. So, And then same thing on the pants. Uh, they kept the modern uh, numbering. Uh, that's the one thing that's kind of it's modern. Everything else is kind of a throwback. So it's a mix of old and new where they've had this new numbering style ever since I think they went to the new, uh, the new logo, uh, which is – kind of weird the only thing that throws me off with the modern number system is the ones because it's just really weird especially when somebody wears number 11 it's just it looks weird <laughs> um that's that's probably my only problem with the new uniforms but it's a small complaint because they look nice
3: yeah uh nine three one five asking what's the best uniform of all time for usu football
1: so I- uh that's a really good question I don't have a, a great knowledge of the past uniforms.
3: I would have to go back and look over time, but I actually I actually like this modern look. Um, I, I don't... Generally speaking of Utah State, I don't want to speak specifically to what was unveiled today, but... Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, there's been some that have been... Very forgettable for good reason, but there's been some uh, some other unis that look good, look
1: sharp. I, I, I'm I'm a little bit more in favor of the clean, cleaner modern look. My favorite uniforms have been the black ones, nine three one five. Oh. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Oh, no, I, I, oh they're I, jinxed. I, I oh, only no said blackout. that because nine three one five said, "Please do not say black," so I had to. I actually I like the opposite. I really love the all white uniforms. Um, you know, U- University of Utah did their all blacks, um, and then that seemed to tr- everyone tried to catch on to that. Uh, BYU tried to do an all black uniform. and Utah State for a while was doing the all whites, which I thought worked so much better. And then they tried to do an all black, which is just terrible. They should never have tried that to begin with in any <laughs> capacity because it doesn't work. You now with Utah, black is one of the. It's like their third color. It's, it's you know, it's not the secondary. It's like a tertiary color. It's it's part of their color scheme. Utah State's blue, white, and pewter—I think—is the—is the word that he used. Yes. Yeah. So you know the the white that worked An all white, the white out and all that wonderful. The uniforms look really clean. They're fresh. Great. And I've always loved the all whites. The all pewters have been kind of iffy, but
3: yeah, I I don't. I'm with you. I th- go with your primary colors. It's a, the navy blue, the traditional Utah State dark blue. Um, and um, if you if pewter is, a, is an accent color, okay.
1: But um, I prefer either to see it in the, the dark blue or the white. I like the pewter as the accent color for the numbers on the blue uniforms. Those look really good. Um, it It works as a really good contrast. Even more so, I think, than if it were just white. Cause it does give it gives it a little more character. Um, I don't. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it's hard to explain your thoughts on fashion. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what do you think? Four three five three three
3: nine zero three two one. New unis dropped today. How do they compare to unis in the past for USU? Do you like the new look? Um, Coach Anderson. Players seem to be pretty excited about it as well. Uh, so. Today on the show, we're, we'll, this week we'll get into UConn, who they are as a team and what their players are and what's going on with their coaching staff. But today is more about kind of recapping fall camp now that it's at its conclusion. And, uh, and I know I did some of that uh, during last week, I did some post-practice interviews, but uh, we get to hear from Coach Anderson on the subject now. Uh, we will hear the full interview of press availability for A.J. Vong Pachon, who met with the media, and Justin McGriff as well. Uh, and uh, Coach Anderson did had some nice things to say about both of them today. Uh, but uh, we'll hear their interview segments in their entirety. But if you don't want to wait, you can always just go find the audio on our podcast feed uh, or on our website 1069thefan.com. Uh, also available on the 1069thefan uh, mobile app, by the way. So, uh, different ways to catch what uh, was said today from po- Coach uh, Blake Anderson, AJ Vaughn Bichon, and uh, Justin McGriff earlier today. Couple texts coming through four four seven four. Worst helmet of all time was in ninety one or ninety two when the logo had Elsie the milk cow that some, well, had some little horn
1: stuck on top of her head. I'm trying to look that up, but there doesn't seem to be anything on the internet that I can find. I could, If I dug hard enough, I could find it. But uh, that predates me, so I couldn't tell you much about it. Elsie <laughs> the milk cow.
3: That's funny. Uh, 8798, best looking uni since the logo change. Pewter should never make an appearance again. Oh. See, 8798, the, not a fan of the pewter. The
1: pewter colored jerseys? No. Like I said, pewter is the accent, maybe the pants color, uh, you know, blue and... In pewter pants. Um, probably not a white pewter I'm sure in pewter. Pretty sure
3: in the presser, in the press uh, guide for Utah State, it has, like, win totals for every jersey combination. Does it? That? Or they put that out in their weekly uh, kit for each game. <laughs> Maybe I
1: should. I've got the weekly notes up. I don't know if I can find it in here. Oh, these, these things are bulky. There's a lot of stuff in
3: there. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to look on that because it's kind of a funny um,
1: (laughs) statistic. Some people really go get uh, really into that and love that. Yeah, especially with the black jerseys because they've done them for important games. They've lost about every single one. But, yeah, the the pewter look as the main jersey color. No, absolutely none. The blue and white looks really good as either an all-blue or an all-white or some combination thereof. It looks great. Just any kind of gray doesn't work as a primary color. Gray is an accent color. So. Well, it's not what your team is known by. Yeah. I mean, it's not your primary logo color. And and it's also like when BYU tried to do their they're all black. You know, like I said, it works for Utah, partly because red goes really well with black. Blue does not go with black. No, it all blends in. So it it looks horrible. Um eight nine six eight he texts in says maybe I'm old fashioned but what about the school colors Uh, what about the school colors for the uniforms (laughs) Yeah maybe that is old fashioned I was confused for a second I was like what about the school colors for the uniforms that's it? Oh yeah just use the school (laughs) colors for the uniforms. Yeah that and it seems like they're doing that. They're they're going old fashioned let's just you know the white for the away uniforms as it's traditionally been in football. Um, although I was thinking about it this morning, because growing up as a kid, white uniforms were the home uniforms for basketball teams. Yeah. And then they w- did what football has been doing for the longest time. They wear their primary colors at home and white away. I don't know where that switch happened at some point, but <laughs> for some reason, basketball used to wear white at home.
3: Well, yeah, a little different. <coughs> Somewhere it changed along the way. Uh, but uh, game one for Utah State coming up on uh, on Saturday, 2 o'clock. Uh, pre-game coverage will be on KVNU, longtime home of Utah State athletic stuff. Um, and so that will continue, that tradition continues, with a uh, uh, expanding to an hour and a half pregame with voice of the Aggies, Al Lewis. Um, so that will start at 12.30 on Saturday. And we're actually going to simulcast that here on the fan. So the pregame and the postgame, expanding the coverage, how you can hear it. Uh, We're going to do it longer, uh, making it easier for fans to follow along what's going on before and after each hockey game. Uh, Doing our part to uh, let you hear what's going on, because it can be hard to hear otherwise. Uh, but also give uh, our own professional and unbiased you know opinions of what what took place as well unbiased unbiased <laughs> so uh anyway that's uh, some fun things we have planned for this upcoming season and there's a few other really cool things too in the works i got to we're trying to nail them down over these next few days but uh, stay tuned could be some fun um, look-ins from different places so stay tuned for that i don't know if you've told me yet these no are, i these haven't are, these are secrets I not, even, I, not even i, I know not these, guys. these with you
1: <laughs> jeez i have to keep it close to the vest it's got these it's got these secrets i have to like jointly like, be initiated somehow <laughs> <laughs> uh so
3: uh, let's get back to uh, uh coach blake anderson some of his comments um We'll, like I said, we'll get into the UConn stuff as the week progresses. But um, one of the things that was kind of interesting to hear Coach Anderson talk about was uh, some of the growth that happened at different position groups, and there were some concerns coming into the start of the year at, at some key positions. And he elaborated on how some of those what kind of grew as the as a post excuse me as the off season progressed and then as this fall camp was underway and he started out really highlighting the the growth of uh, experience and and talent among the wide receivers
2: you know just a big void when you consider 30 plus touchdowns and I don't know how many catches and yards but it was a lot I've been really pleased at how that group has attacked the problem Uh, you know really collectively the fact that um, you're getting plays from everybody We're playing a lot of guys. We're using a lot of personnel packages. But then the veteran in the room, in terms of uh, McGriff, has taken ownership uh, of the room. So I've been really, really pleased with that. That is where we lost the most from one room.
3: Yeah, he was uh, complimentary of Justin McGriff, and we'll hear from him a little bit later on because he is the wide receiver coming back with the most experience, with the most receptions with the most touchdowns among wide receivers for Utah State, and he could play a very big and important role in this offense this year.
1: Yeah, he'd probably be the safe pick, or one of the safe picks, if you want to say, like, leading receiver, because the other guys are complete unknowns. Uh, you and I have a lot of confidence that Brian Cobbs will be that leading receiver, but when you got a guy who's was, like, the fourth leading receiver on the team— and he had 35 catches for over 400 yards. You'd think when moved to the top of the depth chart, he'd come close to maybe getting almost twice that. At least in, at least in terms of yards, maybe not twice as many catches. But, you know, we'll
3: see. Yeah, uh, he has that potential. Uh, and uh, he's a big weapon for Utah State. And he can be a real big-time difference maker for Utah state. So, uh, but I'm also excited. And you and I have both talked about this a lot, that, uh, this is a, a group of wide receivers. Well, it may not have a dynamic wide receiver like Devin Tompkins or a guy that, you know, you can go to in the corner of the end zone, every play <laughs> and Derek, Wright, Um, but it's a, there's more depth and more versatility this year in this, uh, wide receiver core. So you might not have one wide receiver really stand out. Um, and uh, what he was able to do in in different plays. Uh, But you you could see a number of different wide receivers making plays for USU this season. I think that's really the point that Blake Anderson's making as well. Yeah. Uh, Another position group that has been a question is that at linebacker, Um, AJ Vongachan is coming back. The Aggies lost Switzer at the end of spring ball. Big question about how that's going to affect the team. But uh, he's been pleased about how that group has kind of rallied the last several weeks.
2: I do think that at linebacker, I I think A.J. Vongvachon has picked up a ton of slack and M.J. Tafisi stepping in as he has. I I feel like the two of those guys have played very well together, all camp, and have communicated well and picked up where we we left off in in terms of Justin Rice.
3: Yeah, so there's, it, it did cause Utah State to philosophically change a few things structurally, how they are going to package their defense, but not a whole lot. And I, I think with the play of of MJ Tafisi and Kaleo uh, uh, Neves, who he talked about a lot today, uh, I think that linebacker core, that group there is coming along. The depth may be still a bit of a question, but uh, it's a, it's coming along a lot f- farther than perhaps we were worried about at the start of fall camp.
1: Yeah, well, I think we've always been confident at the guy, in the guys at the top of the depth chart. We like Vong Pachong, We like Tafisi. I mean, Vong Pachong in uh, one of his interviews, I think it was at Media Day or something like that, uh, that I was listening to earlier, is that he was very praiseworthy of Tafisi coming in and, and picking things up. The depth really is the concern, as is, is you kind of – uh, touched on. If Tefisi or Vongbachong goes down or in situations where they're tired and they have to come out for a play or two, that's when we start worrying. It's the capability of other guys to step in and do jobs. You know, if it's only to to spell Tefisi or AJ for one or two plays, that's not going to be a huge deal. But it's if one of them twists a knee and goes out for the game, can that linebacking core you know, sustain production. That's the huge question. And it's not been answered, and we won't know if it, you know, we won't know the answer to that question. Thankfully, hopefully we'll never have to, you know, know the answer to that question. Hopefully Tafisi and Vong Chong stay healthy the entire year. But if one of them goes down, that's going to be a hard question, and we may not like the answer. Right, very true. All right, uh, more from the coach and the players
3: coming up here in the Full Court Press We do have some giveaways we're going to do today. Uh, The Old Grist Mill bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview football game Friday night. Uh, We'll call that out. Actually, let's do that that at 5.20. Uh, We'll do that next hour. So we'll do that at 5.20. If you remember, if you were watching or listening to the game Friday night, what that Old Grist Mill bread and butter play of the game was, we'll call for it next hour at about this time. We also have tickets to give away for the Rocky Mountain kickoff. High school football doubleheader taking place here in Logan on Merlin Olsen Field on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be giving those away as well. Stick around. A lot more coming up on the Full Court Press. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor, inviting you to check out our new location at 615 North Main in Logan. If you're looking for a rig that will turn heads on the road, each vehicle on our lot has been customized and built for your adventure. Whether it's hauling kids, hauling trailers, or roaming in the mountains, choose from our collection of trucks and SUVs at Mountain West Motor like no other dealership in Cache Valley. Visit us at mwmotor.com. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure.
0: It's
1: back to school time. If you're involved in Booster Clubs, Team Sports, PTA, or any school organization, then the Logo Shop is your source for uniforms, fan gear, club t-shirts, anything customized with your school logo. It's the season to call the Logo Shop for custom t-shirts
0: and uniforms for youth football, soccer, and other sports teams. The Logo Shop, committed to
1: schools, teams, and youth groups.
0: The Logo Shop. The Logo Shop. The Logo Shop.
1: Sponsored by the utah army national guard aired by the utah broadcasters association and this station
0: a diamond is forever and is perfect to
3: represent your love for those special occasions give her a natural one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is our exclusive brand neat and brilliant diamonds is both beautiful and affordable with quarter carat diamonds starting at 499 dollars We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our Integrity Price Guarantee, with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Cash Valley, the
4: Utah Wood Stove Changeout Program opens up February 1st. If you want to change out your wood fireplace or stove and replace it with a gas appliance, Advanced Fireplace and Stove can help. Receive up to $3,800 towards your new gas stove or fireplace insert. Idaho has a changeout program too. Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove take the chill out of winter with a new heat and glow insert or Vermont casting stove. Stop by their showroom or
0: visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069TheFan.com.
3: Holidays, back to school, whatever it is, it's always stressful. You're worried about back-to-school shopping, vacations, and more, but don't forget your car, Valve and the Instant Oil Change across from Angie's. We'll get you in and out quickly. 695 North Main in Logan. So besides the uniform release today for Utah State, they did release their depth chart. And, you know, I've seen some people trying to fret over all of the oars that are uh, on an opening weekend depth chart. But this is commonplace. This happens everywhere you go. Uh, especially this early in the season. And frankly, I thought that there would be a few more than than what we've seen. But when you look at the depth chart, th- was anything surprising to you based on what we had seen and heard through fall camp?
1: Uh, as far as the starters, no. Not really a single one. Um, for me, <sighs> The ores that are in the depth chart provide a little bit of context as to which spots are nailed down and which ones were likely to see a, a little more rotation. Because those are my thoughts, and I tweeted those earlier. But basically, you look at the slot-wide receiver position. I was actually surprised because I thought Kyle Van Leeuwen had that pretty well nailed down. I had noted in my recap of the second scrimmage that 9 Davis really appeared to be jumping up the depth chart. Well, he's... You know, the, the slot receiver depth chart spot has Kyle Van Leeuwen or 9 Davis or Terrell Vaughn. It's the only one where they, it goes like three deep as these ores. And just got an Amber Alert. So, podcasters, free material, no extra charge. Um, so, you got three guys potentially at the slot receiver position. My thoughts are we're going to see a lot of rotation early on. Maybe Anderson saw something out of night Davis where he wants to maybe see if he can jump up or he doesn't want to give up on Terrell Vaughn because we were kind of high on Vaughn initially. We thought he was going to be better than like third guy on the slot receiver depth chart. So I, I thought Van Leeuwen had it nailed down, but I think we're going to see all three of these guys. Obviously, with wide receiver, it's kind of weird because, you know, there's a lot of rotation anyway. With wide receivers, you could play seven or eight wide receivers in a game if you have that kind of depth. And you got four and five wide receiver packages, so these guys could be on the field at the same time. You could have Cobbs, McGriff, Van Leeuwen, and 9 Davis. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of rotation of that, that slot receiver position, uh, among others. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I think that uh, Cobb Van Leeuwen is the
3: more experienced player coming back at that position. But Nani Davis has made some great plays. Terrell Vaughn um, has made some great plays in those positions. So how do you keep those guys out? And I think that's that's one of the big questions here is not necessarily anyone should be offended that they're on or and they didn't make the, the starter spot, but that there's depth there and there are opportunities there. And so I don't think this is a slight against Kyle Van Leeuwen that he's not the designated starter at the slot receiver, I think that this also
1: shows that there's great talent there, that Nani Davis can make great plays, and so can Vaughn. Yeah, so there's potential. All these guys are going to get snaps. I don't think Van Leeuwen should be worried about him not playing. It's that they're going to want to make room for these other guys to potentially have some good snaps. Um, Another position, this was actually a bit more surprising, um, and I was kind of trying to keep an eye on the guard spots because – Based on what uh, Blake Anderson actually said after the first scrimmage, I wasn't 100% sure if Waylon Lapuahu had nailed down the right guard starting spot. I was wondering if maybe he was an injury fill-in and was trying to make the most of it. Uh, he is listed as the starter, and then Wade Meacham is at left guard, as I've kind of been expecting for a while. But uh, Fale Pule Alo is, not only is he the backup center where I kind of always had him, uh, but he's also listed as the backup guard and right guard. And there's an or. He's the or option for both left and right guard. Uh, not as the starting center. Chandler Dolphin has that nailed down. And it was interesting because I thought maybe Alou was going to be he could end up moving to one of those guard spots. More likely right guard because it didn't have a anybody with experience at right guard. And so kind of what I'm thinking is maybe we could end up having three guards that end up getting a certain amount of playing time. Alou probably the you know, the third guy there with Meacham and Wayland starting. But regardless of injuries, I think Alo could end up coming in on series as maybe Anderson tries to really figure out who he wants to start at guard.
3: Right. I think it illustrates, too, his <laughs> versatility. Uh, and, in fact, uh, Coach Anderson was very high on Alo and why why he showed up in several different places on the JEP chart uh, that was released today.
2: A good week. I, I would have told you two weeks ago we still have a long way to go. Second scrimmage. You know, we didn't have our best day. Of course, we're pl- blocking some pretty dynamic guys as well, so they can make anybody uh, frustrated. But Poulet brings a tremendous amount of flexibility and versatility to us. I think he factors in the starting lineup at any point. And uh, in, in he and Dolph both can slide from center to guard. And so I think there's a tremendous amount of versatility going on there. Um, I, I've been pleased that with daily progression, We've we've been without Poule. We've been without Jacob South. We've been without Cole Moats already at times during fall camp. That has started to look more and more like normal the last few days, and we've started to play better. Uh, I'm hoping that all those guys are ready to play Saturday. I, you know, they all look to be on paper ready, healthy, and have enough snaps under their belt that I think we can calm down and and kind of get back to. Um, some continuity up there that we just weren't able to have the first two weeks. And you'll see a few young names and new names that that pop in there. Waylon Lapuajo has been one of those that everybody's seen. And he's been thrown in and Meacham and Bowles. I mean, we got more bodies than we had a year ago. Now, what five play most of the snaps and what one or two guys plug and play to keep them fresh is is really where we're at moving forward uh, up into game time.
3: So some of those questions on that offensive line are getting answered by some guys that are just versatile and you can't keep them off. And they've been really working hard. Um, started in the spring, but more so in the fall because at the end of in the middle of the off season they lost a guy. but in the in this fall camp that has been a really big issue that this coaching staff coach James has been really focused on getting multiple guys reps and opportunities. So that they develop that depth and
1: uh, understand really who's best at what positions. Yeah, and it is great to be able to have a couple of guys. You'll want to have like a top seven or eight on your offensive line. I kind of go over this already. And on that interior offensive line, you've got four guys that you're comfortable filling three spots. You know, that's not perfect. Obviously, you'd love to have an infinite number of guys. But, you know, right now you have Meacham, Dolphin, and uh, Labuajo, at least that. That seems to be the starting three on the interior line. But Alo can step into any one of those spots. In fact, Meacham, he's played at both guard spots and actually I think took a couple snaps at center. Um, So you can slide guys around there. And he mentioned Dolphin being able to slide around. You've got at least some depth, at least a backup guy that could fill in if anyone goes down. And at tackle, I mean, technically on the depth chart, they say they're returning two starters, um, at right tackle, but really it was Jacob, <laughs> South, Jacob South started the first half, Cole Motes started the second half of the season. Right. So those are your two starters uh, who are at right tackle. But Cole Motes, I don't know if Alfred Edwards goes down, uh, if Calvin Knapp would step in at left tackle, or maybe if they'd move Cole Motes over there. The, the dynamic between playing left and right tackle is a lot different than playing, say, left or right guard or center. It's a lot more difficult to make that move all the way across the line. So Calvin Knapp may end up being the, the backup left tackle as opposed to having Cole Motes be your swing backup tackle, which you have sometimes on some teams. But at least it looks like Utah State has a top seven-ish that gives them a little bit of depth that we were kind of questioning at the beginning of camp. And the, the growth of Waylon Lapuahu really gives them that because if they didn't have Waylon, they'd be in real trouble in terms of depth. Uh, on the interior offensive line.
3: Yeah, huge advantage having him graduate high school early, so he could be on campus and practice with the team in the spring to get ready and get extra reps in this system uh, before and have an off-season conditioning with the uh, with the coaching staff, strength and conditioning coach. So a big big advantage is there for Utah State. Uh, another timeout here in the full court press. Uh, more from the coach and the players ahead of uh, the game. Uh, coming up on Saturday, a couple texts coming through, we want to get to those. Uh, we not ignoring you. We just had some stuff we wanted to get through real quick. Yes, we're ignoring you, we hate you. On the subject of jerseys, the old tale was that teams were in white jerseys at home because they had easy access to laundry machines, whereas they would wear dark jerseys on the road because they could get dirty and wear them for consecutive games. Not sure how true that is, but that's the tale.
1: I could believe that tale. I'd, I'd certainly be willing to believe it. Of course, way back when in some of the early games I've talked about, they didn't have uniforms. They just showed up in whatever they had. That's what Utah State did in their first game. University of Utah showed up in, in like, kind of matching uniforms, and Utah State just showed up wearing whatever. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Their very first game was
3: a football program? Yeah, it's a
1: football program. They had no from. They just showed up where like, it was cold, so they just showed up whatever they had to protect from the cold. And... and uh yeah, it was kind of funny, especially the way the, the newspapers worded that. It's just,
3: That's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, 2 9 Do we still have Legault? What is our quarterback depth? I like Bonner, and I wish him well, but I have maybe a bold take. Legault becomes the starter. If he can be as calm as he was in the bowl game, I actually think he can be better than Bonner, especially
1: since Bonner has a tendency to get hurt. I'll be honest, I think we have a tendency to overrate Legault based on that performance. He completed 11 of 20 passes, and, like, half of his yardage came on one play. So let's not do too much there. Um, I don't doubt Legault's potential. He's looked okay, uh, this fall. Granted, he also had, like, the worst second scrimmage of any of the quarterbacks, went, like, 3 of 16. Um... But in terms of athleticism and throwing, he's like got some of Levi's athleticism. Not quite as athletic as Levi, not quite as good of a passer as Bonner yet. So if he's able to, you know, elevate his passing, sure he can be as good as Bonner because Bonner's not spectacularly talented. Um. So Lagaw has the talent. Um. So I I don't think going can overtake Bonner this year. No, not unless there's an injury no, that unless happens. Unless there's an injury. Um, Logan and, Bonner is quarterback
3: number one. No yeah. question.
1: Um, and as far as depth, there's actually an interesting or that was thrown in there, and that is the backup, Cooper Lega or Levi Williams. And to me, I'm reading this in a particular way. I don't have anything to truly back this up. It's just kind of my speculation or semi-informed speculation. And that is that if Bonner went down, Legault would basically become the starter, so to speak. He'd play the majority of snaps. But Levi would play some, potentially featuring into some packages, throw him in there. Maybe you know do some run, potentially goal line packages. I know some people have have already put that thought out there you know before I thought of it. Um, so it'd it almost be a dual quarterback system, but definitely leaning toward Lega as the main backup with just with some Levi Williams. Right
3: I agree that Cooper uh, is ahead of Levi as a passing quarterback, but if you just need to get yards, no matter how they come about, you know, Levi Williams may be the right guy because he can scramble and he's a bigger, more physical runner, and he's fast. I uh, think that he's more of a specialty quarterback when you need certain situations. Um, he's a little unpredictable. He can have games like he did against Utah State and in the bowl game when you're like, my gosh, this guy's amazing. And then he has other games where he is very forgettable and struggles to get the ball on target. Um, so he's – I know the coaches have, have – uh, have, impressed with how he's worked on that to become more consistent and to be a better quarterback a better throwing quarterback but um i I think that that may be the the or on the depth chart there is more or less to throw off opponents i don't know that it's really a big deal but it's it's logan bonner qb1 no questions uh cooper lagaz number two levi williams is number three but he's not far behind I, i think that uh, he could make it make it interesting, depending on the situation, the game, however the game is being dictated. Levi Williams may be the better option to put in there over Cooper Legault.
1: Yeah. Could just depend situationally. So, Right. Uh, 4474, uh, where can I find this depth chart? So I thought they usually publish the game notes on their website, although I just looked and I don't see it. They emailed this to us. That's why we have it. They email a media... Well, they used to have a physical media packet. I don't know if they gave those out. Did they give those out at the presser this this morning? Uh, it was virtual, so it yeah, was yeah, they emailed. Yeah, they've done it, virtual. They usually downloaded or printed off. Yeah, so so we get uh, access to. That. I thought they published them publicly. I know Jason Turner from the Herald Journal posted just a picture from the PDF. Eric, I don't know if you did the same. I didn't. I thought about it, and then I was like, now Jason already did it. The other Jason. <laughs> um. So follow Jason Turner. He's published a picture. Of the full depth chart. Um, so if you want it now, I wouldn't be able to it's, tweet it. It's available after. on the
3: Aggie website. Is it? com? The headline is Aggies Open 2022 Season at Home Against Connecticut. And then there's a link to USU game notes in a PDF form. Okay. And if you click on that, you'll see the full game notes, including uh, the the full roster and the, the depth chart.
1: So. Okay, it yeah, so it is
3: published and available for anybody.
1: Yeah, so it's in the football news section. I was looking in the schedule, and usually they have a link to the, the game notes. Um, but I guess now it's it's hidden in the news section, <laughs> which it's usually been there too. That's usually one of the places. But usually have have had a link to it in the schedule.
3: But you know what? Here I'm gonna
1: I'll, <clears throat> I'll take a photo of it right now. There you go. And, and we'll five put five, it out four, on
3: my uh Twitter
1: account. F- five four five two says depth chart is on Twitter, which it will be in a second. Yeah, a couple different places. And and Utah State, their own Twitter account may have published a link themselves to the game notes somewhere. So we'll give you a few options here. You can kind of see the whole depth chart, the ands, the ors, and the uhs, and, and the whatnots. Who's starting at all 22 positions plus special teams? I think if I was looking at it, they return almost every specialist aside from their kicker and punt returner. Yeah, they're punter, plays kicker, kickoff, long snapper, and holder. But
3: uh, And I, I asked um, Coach Anderson about the return game, because how do you replace Savon Scarver? The I mean, guy's an All-American. Uh, we, he answers that. We get into that. Uh, he answers a few other questions about how his team is coming along. We uh, hear from the players as well, A.J. Vaughn, Pachon, and Justin McGriff. We'll hear what they have to say coming up shortly here on the full court press. But before we do that, We're in a giving mood today. We're going to give away some free bread next hour for those of you who are listening to the Skyview football broadcast Friday night. But right now, we're going to give away a four-pack of tickets for the Rocky Mountain kickoff coming up on Thursday. Game one featuring Preston versus South Severe, which is a Utah team. Is it? Despite how Jason <laughs> tries to move them geographically. Uh, and then game two will be Logan versus Bonneville, which is an Idaho team. So we're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to this uh, high school football doubleheader. Jason, how does somebody have to win this pair? You've got a trivia question for them.
1: Yeah, so I actually uh, um, gave you a hint. I did tweet about this a while back. Uh, the, the potential answer to this trivia question so if you're following me on Twitter you may have already found out the answer to this question so the Utah State soccer team they've they've their first two games they tied two to two at Northern Arizona and they just beat Idaho State 5-0 at their home opener yesterday so they've scored seven goals in their first two games of the season uh, it's the most goals uh, they've scored in the first two games, and so here's here's the trivia question. When was the last time they scored at least seven goals in their first two games? What year did they do that? Okay, so you have to call in to
3: give us the correct answer in order to win four tickets to go see a uh, high school football doubleheader Thursday night. The phone number to call, 435-752-1069. The last time a Utah State women's soccer team scored at least seven goals in their first two games. Four three five seven five two one oh six nine.
0: This is Ryan at My Mattress, a mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll
2: find. My name is John Brenchley Last year, my father, Lynn, passed away. Our family misses him tremendously. From the first phone call we made to White Pine Funeral Services until he was late to rest, White Pine helped us every step of the way. The staff was there to guide us through the entire process. They were kind, gracious, and their facilities are amazing. White Pine helped to make the difficult situation of losing my dad into a positive experience where we could remember him and celebrate his life.
1: White Pine Funeral Services
3: is the herd attention listeners with colin cowherd
4: i think jimmy garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL by a mind colin he can't stay healthy so let's attack that narrative he played 15 of
0: 17 games this year 15 of 17 plus three playoff games
3: this is the herd with colin cowherd wow
0: weekdays from 10 to 1 on sports talk radio 106.9 fm 1390 a.m the fan This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Napa Auto Parts helps you stay stocked up on the things you need. They've got five locations, easy to get to. Plus, you can get rebates on purchases you make there, like $20 rebate on the purchase of a Legend Automotive battery or starter or alternator. Okay, so we're still looking for the correct answer. I've had a few <coughs> guesses. No one's got it right yet. The last time Utah State women's soccer scored seven or more goals...
1: In their first two games. Yeah, so the last time they actually scored more than seven goals. They actually scored nine. But it's it's been a hot minute since they did that. Um, usually scoring seven goals in your first two games. This is excluding exhibitions. If you actually included the exhibition, it would be slightly sooner. But we're, in, we're just saying regular season games. Um, where they scored at least seven goals.
3: For those who follow Jason Walker on the Twitter, you'll find the answer.
1: Yeah, I, I tweeted it yesterday, <laughs> so it's there.
3: <laughs> uh, we're trying to give away four tickets to go see this uh, Rocky Mountain kickoff doubleheader high school football in uh, uh, on Merlin Olsen Field. If you know the right answer, we're going to take a stab at guessing. 435-752-1069 to call in here on the Full Court Press. While we wait for that, um, I think there was uh, – a. Now, one of the issues that I wanted to get to um, from, uh, from Coach Anderson is we were talking earlier about the linebacker position. Uh, he also specifically talked about um, you know, the, the growth of um, Keleo Nevis at the striker position and just how things are, are improving there and just how that position could be used for Utah State. And it's uh, kind of exciting actually to see how that's coming along and how that could be used uh, for Utah State in this upcoming football season.
2: We'll absolutely! See a lot of playing time between Striker and special teams. He's going to be an impact. Um, he's one of those guys I think that does exactly what you asked him to do. Just keep developing, uh, keep working hard every day. Don't um, you know? Don't get frustrated because you're not the guy right now. Push to be ready when your opportunity presents itself. He handled Switz coming in perfectly, just kept working, and, and got better over the course of the spring. When Switz went down, created an opportunity for him. He's still competing for the job with Amari, uh, OKK coming in from California. I mean, he's still got somebody in there battling. We can't count on one guy. We need to have multiple players that we can throw at the problem. There is a potential to slide the back end around and slide another guy up if need be. So. He's done what we've asked him. He's continued to improve. He's a better tackler. Physically, he's in better shape. He understands the defense at a higher level, and he's a guy that we trust. And so he is going to impact the game in a lot of ways between striker and and special teams. Uh, You know, how many snaps and what those packages look like, a lot of that's going to be dictated based off the offense we're playing on a given week anyway.
3: Yeah, I like how he has developed. That was a big question. What would they do with that other – linebacker spot, and it's kind of a hybrid position that they're using anyway. But Kaleo uh, Neves has, has looked nice in practices that we've been able to see, and which isn't very many, but uh, in the scrimmages as well. Um, it, that's a position, along with Omario Okeke that is going to help Utah State
1: accomplish some different things and different looks. Yeah, it is a position that I'm not familiar with trying to analyze because it it is kind of more of a modern thing where they're trying to make a hybrid position out of it uh not a linebacker, not a safety, you know, not an edge rusher, somewhere in between all those three. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting how he plays that. I believe Cash Gilliam was the striker last season. Mm, yep. Uh he was kinda up and down uh the latter end of his career. Um so maybe Neves will be able to step in and make a little more impact at that position than Cash was able to. Um and it will factor into you know kind of the linebackers as far as you know, being able to be a part of the front seven. You know, maybe trying to fill in for some of the depth that the linebacker core lacks.
3: Uh, all right, another quick timeout here on the Full Court Press. Love to still give you some tickets to go see uh, high school football doubleheader. Get you in the, get you in the door for free. Uh, Four-pack of tickets. All you got to do is correctly identify the last time Utah State women's soccer scored seven or more goals in their first two games. Uh, they're off to a pretty good start so far this year. But when's the last time they had such a hot start? Four, three, five, seven, five, two, one, zero, six, nine. 1069 it's the return
0: of the Rocky Mountain Kickoff, a high school football doubleheader played inside the USU Football Stadium on Thursday, August 25th. In the 6-30 game, the Preston Indians take on the South Severe Rams. The 8-30 game features the Logan Grizzlies versus Bonneville Bees of Idaho Falls. Tickets are only $5 and available now at the USU Ticket Office or by calling 1-888-U-STATE-1. Also online at utahstateaggies.com. The Rocky Mountain Kickoff, Thursday, August 25th. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's A.C. running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric and Jason
3: Walker, if you'd like four tickets to go see a high school football doubleheader, go see the Preston Indians or the Logan Grizzlies. I've got four tickets to give you right now if you can correctly identify the last time Utah State women's soccer scored seven or more goals in their first two
1: games. I I know the answer. <laughs> Jason I mean I was the one who posed the question, so of course I know the answer, but <laughs> Yeah, if you want a heads up on what it might be,
3: you could go check out Jason on the Twitter.
1: Yeah, I tweeted out last night after their five oh win over Idaho State. They played so they played the first two teams, first two games are the same opponents as last year, flipped in terms of home and away. Last year I think they had what like three goals? I think they I think they tied it. I think they actually tied 0-0 at Idaho State and then won like 2 to 1 against Northern Arizona. I may be confusing the results. But I think they had like two or three goals maybe at most. Then they played these same opponents this year. They score is Very different.
3: So, <laughs> At JayWalker underscore sports for those looking for the answer. If you'd like to call in and let us know uh, or take a guess. It's like 20 bucks worth of tickets right there. Yeah, 435-752-1069. Coming up at 520, we're going to give away some free bread to anyone who can correctly identify the old gristmill bread and butter play of the game from Friday night. Uh, busy night in Region 11. And um kind of an interesting way that this first two weeks have have unfolded in Region Eleven. Uh we'll get into the scoreboard, how things have uh are coming along, what's on the docket for this week, but um Well we don't really have enough time to get into that right now. So we'll we'll punt that in next hour.
1: Yeah. Lots of high school football for next hour. Uh Very interesting start. I know non-region can be a little iffy because the strength of opponents varies wildly in some cases, although a lot of these teams are playing 5A opponents. Um, Or 6A. Yeah, or 6A in some cases. I know Logan, they played a 3A opponent this week. Um, So again, it's hard to really nail this down, but a bit of a surprise in terms of what we predicted for the standings versus what's happening right now. Yes. Very, very intriguing. Yeah, very intriguing. So
3: we'll get into that coming up next hour as well as hearing from some of the players, AJ Wongpachan and Justin McGriff. Stay tuned. Lips.
4: I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. In sports, there's always the question of what if. What if the Red Sox never sold Babe Ruth? What if LeBron signed with New York in 2010? This week, and yet another of what if. It was revealed Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were nearly members of the Las Vegas Raiders. UFC president Dana White claims he helped piece together the potential deal, and Gronk would go on to confirm that statement. The story is no doubt intriguing, but we've done this dance with Brady before. There are rumors Brady had in and the Bears confirm reports of heavy interest with the Dolphins and now the Raiders. Brady's camp has remained silent but that could very well end today as the star QB is expected to make his return from his prolonged absence from training camp. Can't be certain how the future Hall of Famer will handle the rumors but between these reports coming to light and Brady expected to come back to camp should be a pretty interesting day in Tampa. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.